Former St. Louis County Police Chief Tim Fitch surprised few people when he decided to run for office this fall and to do so as a Republican. In fact, county Republican leaders had hoped he'd run for county executive. Instead, Fitch is seeking the 3rd District County Council seat now held by fellow Republican Colleen Wassinger, who decided to step down after 12 years on the job. Fitch has surprised activists in both parties by announcing that he won't accept any campaign contributions. He's also campaigning as an independent voice out to heal some of the tensions currently roiling county government. He now joins us for the next edition of our Politically Speaking podcast. Let's cue the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, a candid conversation with the Show Me State's biggest political newsmakers. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. And I'm Joe Manis. Elections should be about your accomplishments. What have you done to qualify you for the position and why are you qualified to run? I'm going to push back on these regulators. I'm doing this for the people. I was encouraged along the way, not just by my family, but by a lot of teachers and professors and knew when I was in college that I would run for office someday. We're very excited about the prospect of having some more free market solutions. Even though after the conversation, I still might not agree. We want our listeners to get a real sense of what drives these people. They're actually people with a story to tell. Hi, this is Joe Manis. Once again, I'm filling in as the host for the Politically Speaking podcast while Jason is off with his new baby son. With me in the studio is... Rachel Lipman. And our special guest today... Tim Fitch. He's the former St. Louis County Police Chief, and now he is running for the 3rd District Council seat, now held by Republican Colleen Wassinger, who is stepping down after 12 years. So first, we would like former Chief Fitch, to talk a little bit about your background and why you decided to run for county council. Well, thank you, Joe and Rachel, for inviting me. I appreciate that. Background, I did 31 years of uh, service at the St. Louis County Police Department. I started as a police officer on the street, as everyone does, and uh, was fortunate enough to be able to work my way up through the ranks. So of that 31 years, the last five years, I was the chief of police under the Charlie Dooley administration. Other than that, my background is I have a master's degree from Fontbonne in business, and I have a bachelor's degree from Truman State University in criminal justice. So that's the educational background. I have a wife and two kids. Both kids are grown and have their own families, one grandson. Congratulations. And you you were saying earlier that you actually before you became a police officer, were not one of us necessarily reporter-wise, but were on a radio station. Yes, that's what I did. I worked at a radio station all through high school. I mean, were you, what, Was it a DJ or, yeah? Oh, yeah, I did both. I was the production manager, and I did on air. What's your favorite type of music? We played, at that time, we played Easy easy Listening, if you remember that. And and (laughs) did you you have a radio name? It was very much like... K-E-Z-K was okay. back then. And did you have a radio name nope. or were you use, just, just use Tim my Fitch? real name. Okay. Yep. All right. And I know after you finished up as chief, you've been doing some kind of cons- law enforcement consulting work. You're constantly jetting off to these, like, not exotic locales, but fun locales, and you post about it. Right. Uh, actually, I started my own business. Uh, that's what I did when I first retired. And uh, I liked it a lot. And one of my customers was Emerson. And Emerson, I did a lot of consulting work for them. Eventually, they came to me and said, we'd really like you to come on with us full-time. So about uh, two years ago now, I joined Emerson full-time as their manager of global security. So that's what I do full-time. And I still have my small business, my consulting business on the side. 
heading up global security, that sounds pretty dramatic. I mean, are you dealing a lot with, like, stuff they have in other countries? Are you having to worry about North Korean hackers? I mean, kind of what's, what's, what's the deal? <laughs> you know, I mostly just take care of the U.S. and Canada and Europe. Uh, but, of course, you know, the, in the U.S., we have our own issues. Um, I handle all of our crisis management training, our, um, our, our Code Blue program, which is our hostile intruder program, take care of really all the security matters, any kind of issue that may come up in U.S., Canada, and I also take care of Europe. Okay, so speaking of crisis management, let's jump right in. Okay, you've decided to run for the St. Louis County Council, which used to be really boring back in the day, back when I used to cover them in the late 70s, early 80s. But particularly in the last few years, it's been hopping. I mean, uh, the, That's a good word. There was a lot of stuff going on when Charlie Dooley was county executive his last term, but I don't even think that compares with the tensions currently underway between many of the council members, and that includes most of the Democrats, and St. Louis County Executive Steve Stanger, who's also a Democrat. Well, let's give Stanger some credit. He's brought this council together like nobody I've ever seen. It's just, it's just what's going on there is the Republicans and the Democrats are united except one, and, and it's just really rather amazing to see the cooperation going on right now uh, amongst the council members. It's kind of refreshing. Uh, they finally realized, I think, after about two years that they do have a larger role in county government as opposed to just being a rubber stamp for the county executive. And I think what you saw uh, that made them turn and the, kind of the tipping point was uh, all dealing mostly with the Northwest Plaza issue and then the issue out at Creefcore Park. Uh, and basically the council members realized we can't believe everything that they put in front of us and we shouldn't just be a rubber stamp when they realize they got burned on a few of those things. And I think now they're questioning everything that uh, Stanger's putting in front of them. So it goes back to your original question. So why do you want to get involved in this? Yeah, yeah. You want to explain that? Well, I would like to bring some function to the dysfunction. So obviously we can't operate in this mode indefinitely. Nothing will get done positive for St. Louis County if that's all we do is, is battle back and forth. We need to come to some uh, conclusion here. Now, that may be asked and answered in August at the primary because Steve Stanger may lose to Mark Montavani. That's possible. And that could change the whole dynamics of the council. Or Stanger could get reelected, serve another full four years starting January 1. But the only real switch on the council, if I get elected, I would be there instead of Colleen. And uh, Pat Dolan has got two opponents, so that could change out. But other than that, there's not going to be a lot of change. So, what, I mean, you said you wanted to bring some of the function back to the dysfunction. Where do you see yourself kind of fitting into that equation? How do you steer their un unity in productive fashion? Well, for 31 years of my life, I was a peacemaker. That's what I did. Uh, I learned a lot from the public on what works, what doesn't work, how to bring people together when there's disputes. And there's nothing wrong with intelligent people disagreeing. Don't have that problem at all. However, I think there will be some things that I can bring to the table that maybe I'll say, look, hey, time out. Let's step back. You know, maybe you disagree on this and they disagree on these points. What do we have in common? What can we bring together and agree on and compromise on? Right now, there's no compromise going on at all. Uh, it's six to one, six to one, six to one on everything. And uh, while I disagree, and I'm sure you'll get to this eventually on some of the things Mr. Stanger has done. Uh, at some point, if he gets reelected, this council's got to figure out how to work with him. 
Prop P money. Prop P for our listeners is the sales tax hike that was supposed to fund police public safety improvements. And is. And pay. The difference has been the interpretation of what's meant by public safety. Um, I've watched for about over six months. There's been a fight because the nurses who serve the prisoners in the county justice center did not get the Prop P raises. They recently did, but Danger has opposed it coming out of the Prop P money. He thinks it needs to come out of the public health fund. Now, the county council has overruled his veto on that, saying it will come out of the Prop P money. But there were some business people, actually at the last meeting, who were there saying, we have nothing against the nurses, we have nothing against some of this other stuff, but we really need to keep the Prop P money designated for what we told voters it would be used for. I'm interested in your take on that, especially since you are a former police chief and were aware of some of the necessities of getting this extra money. Exactly. During my entire tenure as the police chief, I worked very hard. I tried to work very hard with Charlie Dooley's administration to get our employees a well-deserved raise. During the time I was the chief for five years, of that five years, they only received once one raise, a 3% raise in five years. Their health insurance went up in many cases, doubling uh, percentage-wise each year. And so they were taking huge losses in pay. So Mr. Dooley was not interested at all in seeking any kind of um, pay increase for the police officers and the staff at the police department. He just was not interested in that. We had talked many times about it. He said it's not going to happen on his watch, and it didn't. So I give Steve Stenger credit for at least bringing it forward, the Prop P idea. However, from day one, we disagreed on what the statute should read, how it should read, what the ordinance should read how the money was going to be used. I ran into Steve uh, at Blake Snyder's visitation, if you remember Officer Snyder that was killed, and he asked me to serve on the committee to help get Prop P passed. And I said, Steve, I'd be more than happy to. I've been talking about this for years. Uh, I have a couple stipulations, though. One, the way, it's, the way it reads. It's got to be for the police. And two is you have to agree by ordinance or resolution to not back out the current funds for the budget with new funds when they come in. You're familiar with what I'm talking about. And I will tell you that is the last time I talked to Steve Stanger. He never called me again after that. So what did that say? What does that say to you, what the intentions were with the Prop P money? Now, but on the other side, you and he agree about the nurses. Yes. As far as that they should not be paid out of Prop P money, they should get the raises, but somewhere else. Do you want to talk about that? Because how, if you're on the council, you would still have been outvoted yes. on that. I, by the way, if I get elected and I'm on the council, I'm an independent vote. I'm not going to vote with a certain block. I'm going to vote for what I think is right for the people of the third district. And that may not always be with the pack. It may not be with the crowd. And uh, when I was approached and asked if I would run for this seat, I told them that right up front. You have to understand, I worked there a long time. I know what the issues are, and we may not always be in agreement. And I said, the other stipulation I have, and you'll get to it eventually, I'm sure, is I will not accept any money for campaign contributions. I won't do it. That's, that's my conditions on if I run. And the committee, the Republican Central Committee, said, we want you to run. So that's kind of how that worked. So, yes, you're right. I would have uh, disagreed with the majority of the council on the nurse issue that the money come from Prop P funds, because I truly believe 
And one of the things I'm going to work on if I'm elected is we need to draw a box around those Prop P funds and designate exactly which positions in county government are truly related to public safety. Now, if you look at my website, timfitch.org, you will see under Prop P that I posted two documents. One of the documents was the letter from the county executive to the citizens of the county introducing Prop P. In that document, all you see in there are police issues, police expenses, two-man cars and raises for the police officers, news stations. There's no mention about jail nurses. There's no mention that Bob McCullough's executive secretary was going to get money out of Prop P. None of those things were in the literature that people were educated about regarding Prop P. So you look at the commercials. You have Blake Snyder's widow doing a commercial. If two officers were in the car that night, maybe my husband wouldn't have been killed. I mean, they really used her to play on people's emotions to vote for Prop P. And people understand the cops need a raise. They understand that. That's why they voted yes. What I don't think they voted for was accountants to get Prop P money. And go take a look at that website. You'll see all the places where the Prop P money is being spent. So I said draw a box around it. And I think we're asking for too much money. I think we need to look at going back to the voters and be able to actually reduce that half-cent sales tax to a quarter cent. If it's spent properly, we don't need that much money. So, I mean, I, I have been in a number of the press conferences with the police officers over the last couple of years where they've announced the 30 percent raises for the officers. They've announced that they can launch the new um, special response unit up in North County. Is that not enough? Are they are there things that they're not getting that they were promised that you have heard or that you you know know of because the money is going towards the nurses or to Mr. McCullough's executive secretary? No, I think they're getting exactly what they thought they were going to get. I think they believe the pay plan that they submitted and it was approved is fair. It puts them in the middle of the pack when it comes to police pay. However, my point is, if we didn't ask for a half cent, we wouldn't have all these excess funds that now we can spend it here, now we can spend it there. We could spend it on the jail nurses, on accountants, on a storekeeper, on all these different positions that are now getting Prop P money, that's not what people thought they were they were voting for. Now, one of the interesting things about this fight, and I've been covering county council meetings for about a year, was that in some cases you've got accountants sitting next to accountants, and depending on their job classification, some got the 16% Prop P raises, some got like 6% or whatever from the normal uh, stuff. So you've got people who, according to the the people who are showing up at the council meetings claiming that they're doing the same jobs but not getting the big pay hikes, and so there's a lot of dissension within the ranks of some of the county employees. How would you address that? Because, I mean, you're talking about trying to maybe go back to the voters and reduce it, but would that really solve that problem because they wouldn't be able to take it away from the people who got it, but then they wouldn't have the money to give it to the people who didn't get it? Well, you wouldn't take it away from the people that got it. However, you can prevent more Prop P money being spent than it was authorized in last year's budget. Every year the county council approves the budget, or not, uh, and in the budget you have to actually list by position and what the anticipated raise would be for that position. So most people in county government got a about a 3% raise last year, except for the people that got Prop P money. That doesn't mean it has to be that way next year, or the next year, or the next year. We can actually, like I said, draw a box around it my feeling is it's done is done, but in the future, I'm, what I'm thinking is what the public thought they were being sold. 
and that was for first responders. Now, when when you look at that issue and the fact that you're running for, I said, county council, there had been some rumors for a while that you were being wooed to run for county executive. But I don't know how you could do that and not um, seek campaign donations. Do you want to talk a little bit about, you and I have talked about this before, but I'm interested for our listeners to hear about why you're not seeking campaign donations, um, whether or not you're going to be able to do that in the general, because you do have an opponent in the general. Maybe. And uh, I'm just interested in kind of, I mean, how do you deal with that? Because I've had some politicians over the years or candidates who have this noble view of trying to do it without campaign donations, and then they realize they, they, they just can't do it. Well, you're right. I was approached uh, to run for county executive. That's true. They laid a poll in front of me that said, you have more name recognition in St. Louis County than Steve Stanger. Maybe not today because of all the controversy. Uh, and you'd win by 14 points is what the poll said. And I said, not interested. First of all, I'd have to quit my job at Emerson, which I love, because that's a full-time job. I make more than Mr. Stanger makes. So uh, the other thing I would have to do is I'm collecting a pension I paid into for 31 years. That would have to be turned off because I'm in a full-time position as the county executive. So do the math. It's a huge uh, cut in pay. I'm not interested in that. Uh, I don't want to be the county executive, but I did become interested in the legislative piece, the county council piece, uh, because I felt like I'd act, I could actually participate, help things, and it was a part-time position. So that's why I was interested in the county council. Now, you talked about my opponent in the general. Well, I need money for the general. And you heard me say it depends. So you probably want to know what that means. So I do have an opponent in the race. I know him fairly well. Uh, we sit on the board, advisory board, together for SSM St. Clair Hospital in Fenton. Very nice man. However, I was notified last week that he did not file his financial disclosure form by April 17th, which you're required to do. And so I said, what does that mean? And that means he's removed from the ballot. So I don't know what's going on with that. Rick Stream was the one that was working on that, the Republican uh, director of elections. I don't know what's going on with that right now. So I don't know if I'm going to have an opponent or not for the general. Well, there's some hot news. I need there to follow we go. Up yeah. On. So the, the the not taking campaign contributions. It's obviously not a huge amount of money to be spending on a a legislative race. County council is not like a countywide Correct. or a citywide or anything like that. But what what was the rationale behind deciding to self fund the campaign? And do you end up at a disadvantage then? I think you would. Most people need to raise money for two reasons. They need name recognition and they need to get their positions out there. I'm pretty good with social media, so I don't have a problem getting my positions out there. And certainly I have some name recognition in St. Louis County. So I think that I could get away with doing something like that where others cannot, uh, using Ray Hartman's words. Uh, so I don't think that I would need that much money. And I also said that if I'm going to run for this position, the last thing I want anybody to be able to say is, you took money from the Glarners, and then you supported Northwest Plaza. I don't want anybody to even think that that's a possibility. Having been a police officer for 31 years, it's very foreign to me the thought of asking people for money. So I just didn't have it in me uh, to say that I would ask people for money. 
So tell our listeners who may not be as familiar with the third ward as you. Or th- is it wards or districts? In? District. It's districts. Okay. Can you district, tell I cover the district, city? Sorry. <laughs> the third district in um, in St. Louis County. You said you'd patrol down there. Tell us a little bit about it. Where is it geographically located? What what Who are you going to be representing? What's okay. it like down there? Well, I live in unincorporated St. Louis County. I have a Fenton mailing address, and I basically live at 44 and 141. So if you could figure that geographically So you're basically your the farthest, about the farthest south you can get in St. Louis County. It's the farthest southwest. Southwest, okay. So I have uh, St. Anthony's Hospitals in District 3, Lindbergh High Schools in District 3, and so all of Sunset Hills, all of Fenton, and then start moving north. Valley Park, Manchester, uh, parts of Baldwin, parts of Chesterfield, Town and Country, Frontenac, parts of Ladue, parts of Crevecore, and parts of Chesterfield. How, how many square miles? I mean, I know in the, in the county council, the huge, some of the districts are gigantic uh, land-wise. How many square miles do you have in your district? Uh, I would estimate about 60, about 60, about the size of the city of St. Louis. And there's about 130,000 people in that district. Okay. And that's quite a bit of, of different kind of municipalities you're yes. talking about there. What are some of the, the different issues? Because, you know, Creve Corps is substantially different from a Fenton. How, what are some of the different issues you've got in those different communities? Well, as you know, county council members, for the most part, take care of the unincorporated areas in their, they're kind of like the mayor of the unincorporated area. So I do have a sizable unincorporated area. The other thing is, is uh, I have started going to all of the city council meetings in my district. So I was at Manchester a few weeks ago. And I said, what concerns do you have for the county? And they said, deer. There's all <laughs> kinds of deer in Queenie Park, and they're coming into Manchester and destroying property and things like that. When I'm in Valley Park, they have a whole different idea of what they're – they have some drug problems and some opiate problems in Valley Park. So uh, it's no different than when I was the police chief. I had South County. I had Wildwood. I had North County. Uh, we took care of Kinlock and Wellston and – so it was a big variety of, of geographical and, and demographical, uh, you know, areas of the county. So I, I look forward to that. We're laughing about deer, but that becomes a seriously hot issue in some of these areas. Right. In fact, that's what I was going to ask you, because I know a few years ago there was a, real, a lot of controversy. I think it was town and country or, or town and just, country, town and country about how to curb it. And uh, do you have any suggestions on what you would support or what you would not support as far as... Uh, controlling the deer population? Well, as I answered the alderman in Manchester is, I think we've tried about everything. Town and country, remember, they were relocating and then they were doing some uh, some sort of birth control on the deer, those type of things. I don't know that any of it has worked. So it's true, there's deer everywhere in West County. And one of the things that I would consider is a controlled hunt in Queenie Park. Not with firearms, but bow or air pellets because those would be obviously much safer. However, I'd want to hear from the community. What do you want? What do you expect? I could tell you that right now nobody wants to touch it because it's such a hot time. My wife feed the deer, okay? They come right up to my back door. And and I said to her, so what would you think True about confession. <laughs> oh, yeah. She'd be the first to tell you. I have pictures. I could show you. She takes pictures. I'm at our back door feeding them. Uh, so we have even in our own household some different ideas on on how this should be handled. Uh, however, she recognizes that an overpopulation of deer is a bad thing because you get wasting disease and all those different things. Now, some of it may get resolved if the bears, which are now apparently moving farther <laughs> north from 
southern Missouri. They've been seeing him, you know, in like in, 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 in Peavely, I think. Yeah. yeah, in Jefferson yeah. County. Suppose the bears move in. That'll, oh, that's that's what we need is a, be a, be a bear deer battle in the. And we're counties. starting to see a lot of coyotes in West County as well. Mm-hmm. So when there's abundant food, they're going to come in and take some of that. So you're going to see more coyotes. Is there a way to, and this may be kind of getting beyond what the county council actually deals with, but the the conflict between people moving into the area, pushing these animals into to different locations, is there a way for the county with the powers that it has to do that? Or is it going to be municipality by municipality have to deal with it? Is it building? Is it like, what? where do you kind of cut that off, if you will. That's a great question. Uh, that's one of those things that I'm going to have to be educated on, to be completely honest with you. It's nothing I have in my background that I go, this is the solution. By the way, if there was a solution, I think we'd already be there. So it's probably going to be a combination of things, but I really would like to get educated on that. wish I had a better answer for you. Now It's an um, honest one, so that's all we can ask for. Now, when you look at uh, the countywide issues, which just from your district, you can see how things are very different. Now, most of your district is very prosperous, uh, some parts more than others, but overall it's pretty prosperous. That's not necessarily true um, in some other uh, districts and where there is a lot of economic pressures, uh, higher crime, that sort of thing. How would you address some of that, especially with your law enforcement background? Are there any ideas that you have for addressing some of this? I believe that Prop P will help some of this. The good parts of Prop P will help that. Certainly, we need additional law enforcement resources in our community. However, I dealt with the opiate. I had 24 town hall meetings meetings when I was the police chief because of all the heroin issues, just kind of getting started then. You could see the direction it was headed. I learned a lot from the families and the survivors and some of the current users. That, to me, were helpful. I have no problem at all with using taxpayer resources for treatment. Because I think that we can treat an offender, a drug offender like that, uh, a lot cheaper than we can house them in jail. I really believe that. So even though I'm a conservative Republican, I do believe there are things that government can do to help treat the matter as opposed to just locking it up. We cannot arrest our way out of this opiate problem. We can't do it. Are there other places where you think spending more money sort of on the front end rather than the back end, the county kind of using P or whatever money it's got to address not only opioid but some of the other issues? I think we're doing that significantly. I established a real nice relationship with the NCADA, you know, uh, uh, and really were able to work with them on some of their treatment ideas and, again, the town hall meetings. I think we can continue to do those type of things. Uh, also, we have to think of the Children's Service Fund. That's another fund that is pretty fat. That's about the best way I could describe it. They're always looking for ways to spend that money. Of course, with that money, uh, with that money, uh, we can only spend it on people that are 19 and below. So there are certainly plenty of need out there when it comes to the opiate problem with people in that age group. So we would be, uh, I would like to look at that to see what we can do with the Children's Service Fund uh, to help with that problem. Now, circling back a little bit to the disputes on the uh, council, some of this has to do with money and how things are spent and whether or not the council needs their own lawyers, whether or not the council needs a bigger auditing staff. There's a fight over that. Or Stanger says the auditor they hired is unqualified. I'm interested in your take on all that because if you are elected, that's going to be one of the issues or a couple of the issues you're going to be hitting from the get-go because there's still court fights going on with it. 
Well, you know, the auditors reappointed uh, will be reappointed, or a new auditor will be appointed in January, uh, when the new council is in the new county executive is sworn in. My guess is Mr. Tucker will be gone at that point. I can't speak for the other council members, but I, if I had to vote on that today, I would vote for him to to depart. So that's how I feel about Mr. Tucker. I do not feel like he's been effective. Uh, I knew the previous auditor uh, fairly well. And I don't know what this guy's doing. I just don't. And now I've heard that it's because he doesn't have enough staff to do it. So does that mean you do nothing because you don't have enough staff or you can't do as much? So I think that's going to be resolved first of the year. That issue will be behind us, is my guess. Now, uh, you mentioned that you haven't talked to Stanger much since the whole Prop B thing. Um, How do you envision your relationship? I mean, this obviously assumes that, I mean, if he's reelected, and if you're elected, and how, with you wanting to be sort of the conciliator compromiser, right? Yes, Rachel put it much better than me, as usual. So how would you handle all that? Well, I ran into him at Tom Irwin's going away party last week. You remember Tom retired from Civic Progress, and Steve was there. We shook hands, said hello. Uh, he basically said, "Well, it looks like we're probably going to be working together." And I said, "We'll see." One of the things that Whoa. One of the well, things that, I mean, and that could be from different perspectives. Yeah, maybe so I won't get elected. That's why you write a concession speech right. and a victory speech, maybe Joe. Come on, maybe don't take I, the wrath. I, of the I thing know what from you were thinking, but that wasn't necessarily <laughs> what I was. thinking. I, I went where he went. So, but what I what I told him was is we're going to have differences. There's no doubt about that. If if we both survive and we're there January one, we will have differences. I am not going to be an automatic no vote for anything that Mr. Stanger wants to do. Nor will I be a rubber stamp. And he, he agreed that that's probably a good thing, that we would have those differences. So, uh, so I think that no matter who ends up in the county executive role, by the way, I've met with Mr. Montavani. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. I did. Uh, we had coffee at the bread company in Kirkwood uh, a month or so ago. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. And we basically had a nice conversation for about an hour and a half. And he wants to do good things for St. Louis County. I don't have any reason to think that He's not sincere about that. So uh, it would be interesting. I could work with either of them. So from your remarks, are you planning on making any sort of endorsement in the county executive primary or not? No. Uh, There's two Republican candidates as well. And typically uh, most people will not make an endorsement if there's opposition in their party. So I will tell you that in August, I will be pulling a Republican ballot. So I will not be voting for either Mr. Stanger uh, nor Mr. Montavani. Now, you've heard the rumors that some Republicans may be pulling a Democratic ballot to weigh in on that. Do you have any thoughts on that or whether or not people should be doing that? By the way, that's how Mr. Stanger won the primary against Mr. Dooley. Uh, About 40,000 Republicans pulled Democratic ballots. And I always remember the guy in front of me at the polling place where he didn't know what to ask for, Republican or Democratic ballot. And he's he's an older guy, and he goes, just give me the one where I could vote against Charlie Dooley. And she said, okay, that's the Democrat. That's what happened in that race. That's how Steve Stanger won the primary against Charlie Dooley. So I suspect, and I don't know this because he hasn't said this to me, Mr. Montavani will probably be using similar strategy. However, they're trying to out-Democrat each other right now. As you saw, Mr. Stanger last week announced the dropping the, the box from application. You know, that's something Rochelle Walton Gray proposed months ago, and he basically just stole that idea from her and did it by executive order. I didn't hear him give, give her any credit for it either, uh, but he did that. So like I said, they're trying to out-Democrat each other right now because of the primary. 
wanted to circle back to when you were talking about the the third district and all of the different areas that make it up. You mentioned all of those different municipalities. If I remember correctly, especially after Ferguson and all of the things that came out about how these police departments were run, you don't particularly like having all of those little entities and bodies to deal with. Is that sort of still your thing? Would you like to be dealing with fewer municipalities? And if yes, how do you go about sort of addressing uh, regional sort of maybe consolidation, cooperation, however you want to phrase that? I will tell you that the municipalities in District 3, I never had an issue with any of those. The ones I had issues with were the ones with the cameras, the speed cameras and the traffic light cameras. Those are the ones I had issues with because they were using those cameras and using their police powers to generate revenue for the city. That's what I was vocal about. There are clearly some municipalities that should not be in business in St. Louis County. Uh, however, I have to tell you, just because they're a small municipality or a small police department, that's not the issue. If they're funded properly, they're probably going to be professional. I use Shrewsbury and Eureka. Small police departments, funded properly, do a great job, are accredited. What else can you ask for? So I talk about the unaccredited departments, the ones without funding that hire rogue police officers. Those are the ones that I've always been against, and I still will be. So that's likely to be another issue that the state may try to weigh in on because there was all this dispute on some of the state laws that were passed. Uh, It didn't just affect police, but affected other things regarding these smaller municipalities. But you're seeing gradually north and south Some municipalities, I just covered one, Mackenzie Village, that voted to disincorporate, which means that the county police then takes over uh, law enforcement, but it also means county government takes over everything else. Right, streets, everything. So I'm just interested in your take on that because you might see some of that potentially, I don't know, in your district, but like the 6th district for sure because that's where some of these are coming from. Sure. And possibly the 1st. I'm just interested in your thoughts. My feeling is St. Louis County Department of Planning should have personnel available to help municipalities that want to disincorporate. Now, that's if they want to disincorporate. That's up to them. That's up to their citizens of that community. However, if they're small, like McKenzie Village, do they have the resources? Do they have the legal staff? Do they have, they have to go hire and spend money on those things. I think St. Louis County should help them disincorporate if that's what they want to do, have the resources and the skill set to help them do that, especially the small ones that are that are uh, poor and they can't afford that. Would it be philosophically or, or logistically maybe the wrong word to work as a county council without having all of the you know little different municipalities to deal with? If all of it was in the hands of the county council, or I don't see that being beneficial. St. Louis County taking over everything, I think, is what I heard you say. People like their municipalities for the most part. They like living in these cities. I, I, I was at Kirkwood City Council meeting last week. What a beautiful community. Uh, big event right in front of City Hall. Everybody's outside having a good time. People like those kind of things. So I'd never be against saying, guess what, we're going to get rid of this. Uh, I, I think that's up to the municipality to do that. And we have so many good municipalities, uh, especially in my district, that I'm going to do everything I can as a councilman to help them thrive. For example, parks that are in their cities, arterial roadways. Our arterial roadway system is a mess in St. Louis County. I think we're giving way too much money to Metro. We should be keeping that money in the county and spending it on our arterial road system. So if you're on the county council, how would you go about trying to get some of that money or blocking some of that money going to Metro? We get to decide how much goes to Metro as a council. 
We get to decide that. It's as simple as reducing the amount that's going to Metro and reallocating it for transportation in St. Louis County. Are there other decisions that you would hope to either, we've talked about Proposition P, um, other kind of things like money, more money for arterial roads versus Metro or other trends that you see that you hope in conversations with, if you're elected, your fellow council members, trends you might want to try and, you know, reverse in another direction? Are you talking about city-county merger type of no, thing? No, I, I, okay. honestly, just anything. If you want to talk about city-county merger, go for well, it. That, but, you know. You know, I was at a meeting last night, and it was the very first question they asked me. How do you feel about city-county merger? And I said, well, it depends what you're talking about. Because I think some people get that idea confused. There's two different issues. One is the city joining St. Louis County as a municipality. The other issue, separate from that, is having like a Unigov situation like they have in Jefferson County, Kentucky, Marion County, Indiana. Uh, where you have one government for the city and the county. I'm not in favor, to be honest with you, I'm not in favor of either of those plans. However, what I am in favor of is sharing resources with the city of St. Louis where it benefits St. Louis County as well. And I'll give you an example. When I was the police chief, we did a couple uh, things that with the city. For example, they had their own bomb and arson unit. We had our own bomb and arson Mm -hmm. unit. When you buy a piece of equipment for bomb and arson, it's a half a million dollars. I don't care what it is. Plan on spending a half a million dollars. Why are we both doing this? So we got together. I got together with Chief Dotson, and we said, we need to stop this. So now those two units are combined, and they go wherever the call is, in the city or the county. That makes a lot of sense to me. Same way with the helicopter program. Same way with our private security licensing. The city had their licensing. The county had their licensing. Now they're together. Together. Though there are more opportunities there, by the way, that we can still share some resources without a city-county merger. And how was that received when you talked about that? Actually, uh, most of the residents in the county said, we like that idea of sharing resources where it benefits residents of the county. What most of the residents that I talk to say is, we're afraid of taking on the city's problems. That if we let the city be part of the county, that all of a sudden all their problems are all of our problems. And if you just share resources where it makes sense and you evaluate it, that's not taking anything away from the citizens of the county. As a matter of fact, it's saving them money. Now, are there any other major initiatives that if you became elected that you'd want to try to um, advance? I mean, there's this fight now over campaign donation limits. Of course, you're not taking any donations. But but just looking at it as if I'm on the council, I'm going to try to push for this. Nobody's talking about this. Is there anything like that? What well, trends you want to reverse? You were, you were at my kickoff in January in Sunset Hills. Some of the things I talked about there, three of the things I talked about there that I wanted to do, they've already introduced into the council since then. One of them was campaign contributions. I said we have to limit, like the state does, campaign contributions because clearly they are out of control in St. Louis County. How a pair of brothers can use their businesses to donate $365,000 to the county executive is beyond me. Am I saying it's illegal? Apparently it's not, if you no. can do it. Apparently no, it's no. not. It, it is not illegal. So the, the question is then on that topic is, so did Steve Stanger do anything wrong with taking these campaign donations? And I will tell you, it depends. If he took the money with the idea in mind that he would give them this business, clearly that's wrong. That's illegal. That's what we would call a kickback, if you remember those, those terms. We don't know the answer to that. The ethics report that came out this week in the county council, I have had a chance to read that. It's a very eye-opening document. 
that I honestly believe that someone from outside the council, because it looks too political, yeah, for those four individuals that were on the ethics committee to come forward. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying it looks political. So until an outside entity like the U.S. Attorney's Office or the FBI, uh, they take a look at it and they go, there's nothing amiss here. You may not like it, but there's nothing criminal here. Until that happens, I, don't think, I think that's a question that's unanswered. Now, he's in a fight with the council now because they did pass campaign donation limits to put on the ballot. But Stanger, well, he supports donation limits, but he opposes some other provisions in the bill that's aimed at giving the council more power. Do you have any thoughts about how much more power the council needs to have? Well, the biggest issue there is the attorney issue. So remember, the council wants to hire their own attorney because they don't feel like Mr. Crane, the county executive's county counselor, is doing them any service, good service. He's doing everything for Mr. Stanger. It's always been that way. Pat Reddington did that for Charlie Dooley. You're serving at the pleasure of the county executive. You can't look at the council with a straight face and say, oh, and by the way, I'm, I'm working for you too. It's just not possible. You could say it all you want. It's just not possible. However, I'd like to look at other alternatives short of just saying we're going to hire our own attorney. Think about this. Stanger has his attorney. The council has his attorney. These are two attorneys are fighting with each other. Picture that in the future. Taxpayers are paying for this fight between two attorneys. Is that really a good idea? What if, by the way, on the council, they have an attorney, right, under the new law, if it passes, what if the Republicans and Democrats differ? What, where does that attorney drop down? Does he side with the Republicans? Does he side with the Democrats? I haven't heard of any conversation like that going on in the council between the council members with this idea of having their own attorney. What if we disagree internally? Who is he representing? Do I, Republicans, go out and get an attorney to fight the Democrat council attorney? You see all the issues there? We need to think this through. Okay, well, this is, this is terrific. And uh, thank you so much for being here. I think especially since you don't have a primary opponent and may or may not have a general election opponent, this may be one of the few opportunities for our listeners to really get a handle on what you stand for, what you'd push for, and what, what you see as the big issues in your district and in the county. For all of our stories, please check out our website at stlpublicradio.org. You can follow me on Twitter at jmanis. That's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. You can follow Rachel on Twitter at... At R. Lipman, two P's and two N's. And you can follow our candidate, uh, Tim Fitch, at... Chief Tim Fitch. Oh, you didn't give up the Chief Tim Fitch handle. Well, I didn't want to completely eliminate that and then start <laughs> over. All right. That's okay. fair. Well, thank you so much. And next time, so long.